The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by Point Park University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Scoop Podcast. I am Sam Kassan, and on today's episode, we'll be joined by Yevgeny Malkin. So, Yevgeny Malkin, to recap, was drafted by the Penguins second overall in 2004. Since then, he's played 13 seasons in Pittsburgh, has won three Stanley Cups, two NHL scoring titles, an NHL MVP, a Conn Smythe as playoff MVP, a Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year, and he just recently recorded 1,000 points. He became the 88th player to do so, hitting the 1,000-point mark. I had a great opportunity to sit down with Evgeny for an exclusive one-on-one interview. We covered an array of topics from his hockey idols, getting drafted by the Penguins, his legacy, and even being a father. But of course, we started with him becoming the 88th player in NHL history to score 1,000 points. Of course, it's like uh, it's my dream before, you know, I'm growing up like small town, you know, like, and I'm never thinking about NHL, you know, and like, uh, I think like I'm first like 86 born, who born 86, like, like was like 86, you know, I think first guy like who like 1,000 points, you know, make, you know, like first guy and like great number and like, uh, again, I play with good team, you know, like we win three cups, like it like, Amazing, like 12, 13 years already, you know, like, and I hope, like, uh, I know, like, seven years more, you know, like, it's again, like, huge number. Like, I play, like, with uh, great teammates, like, you know, like, like, power play, like, we always have, like, number, like, top three in, like, league, you know, and uh, again, like, great life. Do you remember when you were young when you first wanted to be in the NHL? Never, I don't know. I'm never thinking about you know. Like I play hockey. I'm like enjoyed my uh, my life growing up, you know. And like uh, just like try to be better every day. But I've never see like like I've never watched like on like on TV, you know. I've never watched like highlights, you know. Like just like sometimes I like read like uh, newspaper, like read like uh, like Fyodor Bure, you know, like old guys and. Uh, they like like unbelievable and like remember Detroit in couple cups you know and like again like uh, not watch much like hockey about NHL but never think about NHL never think I like make thousand points you know in like three cups already you know it's like it's like I still like I still like can't believe it's like it's like <laughs> what's going on like right now you know like it's like not like every year perfect but it's like it's still like life is good like you know work hard every day try and like uh, great life again like it's like I knew I play with great like great people you know great like players and I, I met like you know like go to all-star game I met like lots of like like heroes like you know like and like Gretzky like you know Mario work like with us you know it's like unbelievable like life and uh, every day like new people every day like new things what's going on like it's like amazing what were some of the players that you did follow some of the, maybe the Russian guys when you were younger that, I know Fedorov was a guy you talked about yeah like I tell you like I'm not watching NHL a lot but like you like we have like good local team like you know like Magnitagors they have a couple good players and like I'm I won't play with them you know I won't be like a, like this team like and like uh when I like 17 years old, I'm like play one my first game. Like it's my dream for sure. But uh, and after I'm started like think like about like uh, NHL, you know, then Penguins drafted me like number two in draft in Carolina. Like and uh, I understand it's like dream is coming true. You know, like just keep going to work. You know, like do like right things. You know, and um, 
after a couple of years I'm like come to like uh, Pittsburgh you know it's like again like remember first game against New Jersey you know like I step on ice and everyone stand up you know give me love it's like it's pretty nice like and uh, I'm like I feel like city like await me like you know they like they want I'm be here and uh, I'm enjoy be here like every day and I'm enjoy play like uh, now new like uh, new arena you know PP3 like amazing like practice ring you know like it's like we have everything to win, you know, like we have like a great organization, like practice rink, like like uh, fans, like support, like like everywhere, you know, like we see, I think, like <laughs> thousand people like support us here, you know, like it's uh, again, like uh, very interesting. What do you remember from the draft when you got drafted? What was that excitement like, that feeling like to be picked by the Penguins? I remember just like... Uh, did you know the Penguins are gonna take you? Not really, you know. Like <laughs> I remember, just like uh, I think, like Ovi number one for sure, you know. And I think like everyone wants him, you know. Like and uh, Washington, like Penguins, like they like they they, they won't be like with Ovi, I know. But and uh, uh, I knew I'd be like number like top three, maybe top five for sure. But then I just like I remember I sit on like on uh, in Carolina, and I'm really nervous, you know. Like when I uh, after a vacation. Like key number one and like second one and like penguins comes to stage you know and they like like wait wait I'm like I'm starting nervous you know because maybe it's not my name maybe I will like next one maybe like I wait like ten more like players you know like it's like it's still like surprise you know you 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 feel like you like you be here but you always like maybe like uh, they don't like me myself like my family I don't know like uh, I'm a little bit scared but. Uh, when I like sound my name, like it's like, oh, it's not nice, you know. Like, and I knew like um, Gunchar playing like Penguins, you know. I knew like Mario Yager, like is like amazing club, but and I knew like they have a little bit like problem with like silly uh, not play great like last like ten years, you know. Like, but again, like it's like they sign Flower like after the next year they they sign like uh, Seed, you know. And of course, like uh, we need like back and back like. Win Stanley Cup like these like uh, guys, you know. What was it like trying to get over here? I remember that was kind of a crazy fiasco. You were trying to get to America to play with the Penguins, and kind of a tough period for you trying to get from Russia to America. Yeah, but it's not just yeah like now I I'm like now everything is good, you know. Like I'm like uh, with friends, like with my uh, owners, you know. I'm friends with like everyone, but yeah, it's a little bit tough. But I'm young, you know, like gonna. I'm like, like young, like superstar in like hometown. They want like me like stay like and uh, play a couple more years. You know, they give me good money. But it's like again, like I understand I'm ready to play because like last year I'm like playing KHL. You know, I'm like eight, like 19 years old, but I'm like I can't say that, but like I'm like best player. You know, I'm ready, and I feel like you know if I'm stay longer, you know, maybe like it's like me like in trouble you know when I feel I'm like if you want like growing up you, if you want like be better you need to play against like better players and uh, well all understand like uh, everyone understand like NHL like in number one league and like number one for like players like for everything and like I won't be here you know I want like I feel I'm ready and uh, I remember like I come like and I, I'm surprised how like game is different here you know I'm surprised like uh, how many good players like play like here like and now I see like slick change like so quick like it's like the game is 
better like game was like faster and no more like so many fights you know like like no top guys right now like you know but very interesting game and like I'm excited to be here like and then still play like a good team good teammates you know any goals really stand out to you throughout your career like favorite goals or big memories of them most time you remember every goal, you know, but like of course I uh, first goal against University first game, you know, it's not pretty, but like it's like uh, amazing, like like because like you 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 nervous for sure, like first game, like you like uh, after injury I'm back, I missed like four games, you know, but then uh, they give me like this goal give me confidence for sure, and uh, remember after, like uh, I scored against like uh, Tampa, like. Uh, like I uh, like go to neutral zone, like beat like a couple of, uh, forwards, like and defenseman, and like score. Like uh, I remember uh, Spinarama, you know, like I score uh, against Edmonton, you know, like uh, like couple. I, I score couple nice goals for sure, but uh, I remember like most my Carolina. most my goal. Yeah, in the playoffs, like uh, go behind that turn, like Spinarama and shoot short side, you know, yeah. Like, like if I see replay, I, I see I remember most goals, you know. Like, and we talk to Sid, he say like the same thing. Like he's like remembered all goals, you know. Like, it's like it's like. What you say? <laughs> yeah, if you hockey player, you like you, you like should remember like everything. How do you want to be remembered through your careers from Penguins fans, maybe even just your legacy? And we're talking to you about your son. How you want him to remember you? But how do you think the fans and uh, the league will remember you? How? I know, like, uh, like good player, nice, like, uh, guy, you know, like, I want to be, like, uh, play, like, long, how long I can, you know, like, 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 seven, eight more years, you know, I want, like, uh, win, like, couple more cups, we try, you know, like, in, again, like, uh, like, I hope my son, like, you know, like, he's, like, we start skate together, you know, like and like he come, like he come to game, like every game he watch, like in uh, in Pittsburgh, he can see like three periods, but two periods he's watch, you know, and he start understand more, you know, and uh, I hope he's like he's going to school in Pittsburgh, you know, he's like living like with like this city, like and he love this city, you know, and again like um, we try to do it like everything for like a uh, city you know for like uh for team you know we try to win every game we try like uh uh go hospital you know like charity you know like i think we did like lots of good things you know and uh i think uh fans and like people see like how like team nice to like do everything you know like media like you know every like uh fans like we all together you know and like you see, like after like we win two cups, like we see how many fans come to like city, you know. And I hope, like you know, like uh, we win again, and my son touched like a uh, couple nights, you know, with me, you know, with, with my like father, with my mom, you know, like we like we, 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 because last two times he can, you know, like he's too young, too like small, yeah, man. too small, like and he's still watching at home, like you know, he not understand everything. But uh, next time, I'm like I hope, like it's like. It's my dream for sure. Ask about being a dad and how much that's changed your life and what's it like having a, having a son and being able to raise him and watch him grow. Yeah, like it's really changed. I mean, like it's like uh, you understand, like you, you dad, you understand, you like be careful, like your son, like it's always nervous, you know, like everything, like when he's like start walking, you know, and start like run, you know, like you, you always like 
be try be like to be careful, try be nice, you know. But it's like amazing life right now. Like I mean, like it's like I think most like uh, I know like crazy moment in my life, and uh, I'm excited like be dead. Like you know, it's like I hope it's not last one, and I want more. And uh, I'm like he's like uh, play hiking. I mean, like at home he brings sticks, small stick, and like shoot to net you know like he's like did a great job i mean like i'm probably he's play hockey i'm trying and, and sid came to visit you and you guys were playing hockey how cool was that to have him and sid you know playing with your son yeah it's like uh best day like for him for sure like i mean he and he not understand for sure like he no idea like who it is but of course like it's nice like we have picture right now video you know like it's everything like in your phone you know like you can show him like like Five years later, like he's like understand who is this, you know. Like it's like it's it nice. He's coming to like uh, to my house and uh, play with him. Like uh, just spend a little bit time with like with him, you know. Like I hope he's one kid too. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you saw him first? You know, take his first steps. You know, say his first word. What were those experiences like? Even it's, just the day he was born. Like you know, we still wait like words. Like he's like try, but it's just like couple like yes or no. Like that's it. Like and I'm still waiting. You know, <laughs> I want to start talk to him. And uh, he's like growing up. You see, like he's growing up a little bit fast, like pretty fast. He's like already tall. You know, a little bit like taller, like average, and like a little bit heavy too. You know, he's big boy, and uh, it's like again like. It's amazing first step, you know, like it's like fell down, fell down, like and after like stand, you know, and start walking, you know, it's a uh, now he's try like uh, walk like all three floors, you know, we have like three floors, he's like run everywhere, like and it's hard to me, like because like sometimes I'm so tired and like <laughs> like he's won't play everywhere, like and like outside, inside, like fourth floor, first floor, you know, and just we need run to like we like me and my wife, like we have babysitter, but we all some days we tired together. Like really tired. Well, thank you, Evgeny, for taking the time to speak with me today. And once again, congratulations on another amazing career achievement, another great milestone, 1,000 career NHL points. Shaped by the energy and opportunity of downtown Pittsburgh, the Point Park University experience is unlike any other. It's a more active, more engaged, more professional education, ideally located. That's the point. Point Park University. Learn more at pointpark.edu. And that was my interview with Evgeny Malkin. And now let's bring in the other Scoop members, Josh Getzoff and Michelle Crecciolo. Thanks, guys, for joining me now. I think my favorite player to interview on the team. He's just, yeah, he's always just so open and honest and candid and just gives you so much. And it's, it's so interesting, I feel, every time you talk to him, whether it's after a practice, after a game, or in the, especially in this one-on-one setting where uh, you just have some time to sit down with him and uh, reflect with him. So it was really cool to, to hear everything he, he had to say. Yeah, we know his English isn't the best, but that's why I feel like he's so much more comfortable when it is just kind of a one-on-one, just sitting down, having a conversation type setting. I know as soon as the cameras come out and the lights start blaring on him, he gets a little nervous and a little shy, but he's actually gotten a lot better since he came to the Penguins way back in the day. And speaking of, let's take a look at some of the uh, highlights from way back in the day, looking at his career. And obviously he was a kid that was raised in Magnitogorsk, a little small industrial town built on iron and steel, very much like uh, Pittsburgh was. But uh, 2004, Josh and Michelle, I don't know if you guys remember that draft, but I remember everybody was talking Ovechkin, Ovechkin, Ovechkin. And he was the big name heading into that draft. And the Penguins had the worst record in the National Hockey League. We ended up losing the lottery to Washington. So they had the right to take take uh, Alex Ovechkin. But this name of Guinea Malkin, like, he, he kind of flew under the radar. And back then, you, you would kind of forget 
you know, there weren't blogs, there weren't Twitter, the things weren't covered the way they're covered now. So I remember a lot of people didn't really know much about him. And, you know, he's from a smaller city. And I think the only time you really got a taste of him was when he was on those world stage at the World Junior Championship, the World Under 18. So it's the only time NHL scouts really got to look at him. And I know a lot of them were really high on him. And there were a few teams in the National Hockey League that thought he was actually the number one choice, that they would have taken him over Ovechkin if they had the option. But luckily for the Penguins, they had the number two pick, and they ended up taking Evgeny Malkin. In honor of Herb Brooks, a dear friend and a very missed colleague, the Pittsburgh Penguins select from Magnetic, Magnetogorsk in Russia, centerman Evgeny Malkin. Obviously a big moment of Evgeny Malkin's career, his dream coming true, getting drafted by the Penguins and the National Hockey League, but it would take a long time for him to actually make his NHL, NHL debut, a two-year wait, and an escape from Russia that we'll get into a little bit later because it's a fascinating story, but finally he did get there in the summer of 2006, enter training camp and then just as he's on the cusp of joining the team he suffers a shoulder injury and I know Michelle you talked to him a little bit about that situation yeah it's just crazy because uh, Gino said that he talked to the doctor and the doctor told him you know it's not an easy injury you can do surgery or you can hold off it's your choice and he said that's when he found himself actually reevaluating his future in, in Pittsburgh and the NHL he said he was sitting in the locker room thinking like maybe I should go back to Russia because it's it's not my game it's a hard game it's just an exhibition game and I'm already hurt so he said he, he called his parents his friends and said maybe I'm not ready to play here uh, maybe I'm not strong enough to, to to do that and it's just crazy to think that someone who obviously is so good and so talented had so much doubt in, in himself and in his mind after the injury happened that he thought maybe he didn't have what it took can you imagine if he had actually gone back to russia and, i don't even want to imagine uh, exactly. <laughs> who knows like, where the penguins would be right? it's a real question i mean it's just crazy to think that he he had that those doubts in his mind but he said fortunately you know once he uh you know was able to start rehabbing his shoulder and started to to work to strengthen it that the doubt started to dissipate and he realized that you know you know what this is still my dream uh, I'm going to be able to do this I, I'm strong enough I'm, I'm good enough but it's just almost a scary thought to think that it almost might not have happened if he had just gone back but instead he stayed and here we are a thousand points later yeah so his uh, start was delayed a little bit two years in waiting and then two years and four games in waiting it took him until the fifth game of the year that was on October 18th 2006 against the New Jersey Devils and then in his first game, Evgeny Malkin scores his first career NHL goal against future Hall of Fame goaltender Martin Brodeur. But Recky gets the mail. Up to Malkin who glides along the ice. Into the Devils in. Great pass to Recky. Rister partially blocked. And it goes in. It goes in. It's squirted right through. And the Penguins are going to get him. Malkin may have gotten the goal. Malkin may have scored. Oh, Michael, Michael, motorcycle. The Penguins tie the game. It's number 71 his first NHL goal. Malkin would go on to score 33 goals and 85 points in his rookie season and won the NHL Rookie of the Year. Crazy to think he didn't think he was ready to join the National Hockey League and ends up winning the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. And then a year later, he breaks 100 points his first time, breaking 100 points, and helps the Penguins all the way to the Stanley Cup Final against the Detroit Red Wings. Of course, Another favorite goal, though, happened right before that in the Eastern Conference Final against Josh Getzow's beloved Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, it, it, honestly, of all the goals that have getting Malkin to score, that's probably my favorite. Just the way it all kind of came down with Richards hitting him in the corner a little bit cheaply, if you might let me say. Hitting him cheaply in the corner with a cross check. He's slow to get up, has to labor back to the blue line, 
for some reason the Flyers forget all about him and that he exists. And Sergei Gonchar, even to make it even more perfect, his idol, the guy he's living with, the guy he's, you know, who's sheltering through this entire process, teaching him the language, took him into his home. He hits him with a pass, comes in and just lights up a slap shot from 10 feet away. Like, talk about an ultimate, you know what? You're going to do it to me, I'm going to give it right back to you. That's definitely my favorite goal by him. I always imagine what Marty Biron was thinking <laughs> in that moment. I mean, we've seen Gio unload on slappers, and every, obviously everyone's seen him when he gets fired up in a game and how much he could take over a game. But in that particular moment, I think everyone on the other side of the state, because I was over there at the, uh, that time, was kind of like, Oh, <laughs> when they saw him behind the ground. Then when you wound up, you were like, oh, and then the puck was in the net. And, yeah, what, as a goaltender, you're just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you ki- like, are you kidding me? And that goal ended the series, oh, all yeah. intents and purposes. Was, was, I know it was, what was it, game two or game one? It yeah, was, game it was, two, I think, it was yeah. early, but it ended the series. That was that kind of a goal. That was a statement goal right there for sure. Yeah, it gives me so much joy. Every now and then I'll go on YouTube and just watch it and have a good laugh with just the, the slap shot is the what makes that goal so great i mean it's just typical gino yeah how how many people think to even take a slap shot on a breakaway i mean unless you're carl Haglin against the devils (laughs) a few years back that's the only other guy Uh, literally that's the only other one he did it out of necessity yeah right that's true evgeny malkin could have used a move or a (laughs) deke or something that's a good point he he did that intentionally as a you know what i'm gonna give it to you hard (laughs) so the penguins unfortunately fall to the red wings that year in the cup final but the next year, Evgeny Malkin's big coming out party, he ends up winning the NHL scoring title, his first ever in another 100-point season, en route to winning the Stanley Cup for the Penguins this time again over Detroit. But again, we'll have to go back to the Eastern Conference Final that year in 2009 for Evgeny Malkin's big goal. In fact, one that to this day is named after him off the faceoff play, and that is the Geno. Here's Malkin behind the goal. Turns around, comes out, backhand shot. Oh, he shoots it! So a lot of people might not know the reason that play is called the Geno is because that was the face-off strategy. The, the strategy was you win the puck forward in the offensive zone, then try to retrieve it as the centerman, carry it behind the net, and you're supposed to actually set up somebody in the slot or push it out to the point. But Evgeny Malkin, just being himself, <laughs> just decides to go twirly bird, spin-o-rama, backhander, top shelf, you know, like you do. So, uh, so yeah, the, so it was a face-off play that actually Evgeny Malkin called in the huddle because it's up to the centerman to make the call on what face-off play they want. So he called that play himself, went, retrieved his own puck, you know, pushed the puck forward, retrieved his own puck, and then made maybe the – like I said, my, my, the goal against Philadelphia is probably my favorite for the context. But as far as the best goal I've ever seen live, that, uh, that might be it. Yeah, I think Mike Lang hit it on the head, right? He said you had to be here to believe it once he scored the goal. But that also had one of those rare moments that I feel like only happens when well, – not only, but most of the time happens when Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin scores a goal and that the goaltender watches the puck go by him and two seconds later their head whips forward as if to be like, <laughs> how in the world did you just do that? And, and Cam Ward did that yeah. on that goal as if, oh, my goodness. That's another one past me. There were a lot in that series that got past him, but that was probably the best one. Oh, he's Actually, that, that was the best he's one. He's seeing that in his sleep, I'm sure, to this oh, day. Oh, nightmares, for sure. I mean, that's just the goal scorer's goal. As Mike Sullivan has said, there's only a handful of players that can score goals like that, and Evgeny Malkin is one of them. So, And it capped off a hat trick, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just Gino was just unbelievable in that series, just absolutely dominant uh, and just so much fun to watch. And as a goaltender, I can tell you, there, Cam Ward did exactly what you're supposed to do. He stayed low, hugged the p- post. And at that point, you're just kind of like, all right, this guy can make that shot. 
kudos to him. You tip your hat, but I don't think too many people can make that shot. So Cam Moore's probably like, you know, what else do I have to do at this <laughs> right? point? Yeah. But but as I said, the Penguins did go on, of course, to win the Stanley Cup. Evgeny Malkin was named the Conn Smythe winner, the MVP of that playoff series. He led the league in scoring and very well deserved, obviously. But perhaps Malkin's finest season was the 2011-12 season, and uh, we'll get into a little more detail in that one. But going back to some amazing career goals, how about the goal he had against Tampa where he basically – beat the entire team, all four guys, and then obviously beat the goaltender for, and again, part of a hat-trick performance for him. Walking through traffic all the way to the net, comes in and scores, and he beats Rollison like a rented mule. He went through the whole Tampa Bay team. Evgeny Malkin putting on the Ritz. 6-1 Pittsburgh. And as I mentioned, that goal, obviously phenomenal in and of its own self, but part of a hat-trick, and, and my favorite part was early in the first period, I remember Evgeny Malkin driving to the net, and Dwayne Rollison, in a maybe questionable move, decided to punch him in the face with his blocker. You know, I, I know he was maybe. upset. I know he was upset that Malkin came into the crease, but you know, you kind of woke up a sleeping giant on that one. The goal we just heard was the second goal, but the third goal that Evgeny Malkin scored to finish off the hat trick was a one timer right along the goal line from a just ridiculous angle. And I remember Evgeny Malkin scoring that goal, raising his hands, just staring down Dwayne Rollison eye to eye. I mean, he just locked eyes with him like, yeah, that's what you get. That's You wanted this, you got it. So that was my favorite moment from that entire game. But obviously that second goal is the one that really was the highlight. But that season, like I said, probably Evgeny Malkin's finest. He gets another 100-point season, wins his second NHL scoring title, wins his first MVP, first Pearson award is, vo- is voted as the best player by his peers. And, of course, his first 50-goal season. He goes on to get that 50th goal in the final game of the regular season, and once again, the victims are the Philadelphia Flyers. Here is Chris Letang, back into the Flyers, and a Malkin down the slot, wrist shot, hey! Shoots and scores! Evgeny Malkin, that's number 50. Make me 50 milkshakes, Mr. Malkin. Penguins lead 4-2. to two. You know, we talk a lot about how important confidence is for Evgeny Malkin, how he he needs it to to be at the top of his game and uh, before this season uh, a year or two before he said he had another crisis of confidence in the sense that he said he spoke with his friends and said uh, I think I'm never going to score 50 goals because as he said it's so hard to score 50 he said who scores 50 goals it's a a huge number he said I'm not a wing I'm not a guy who loves to shoot every shift I'm a little bit different of a player uh, where you know he obviously is the total package so he said for him to, to hit that number was just so huge for him because he truly didn't think it would ever happen. And, and that's just amazing to think that he was able to, you know, again, put those doubts behind him and, and end up accomplishing that. Uh, it's such an incredible feat, and it was just so great to, to see him do that on his way to getting his second Art Ross trophy. And we mentioned all the amazing goals that he scored in his career, and I said I think the Geno is probably the one that stands out to me. But a similar goal that he scored a few years later, 2015, this time against the Edmonton Oilers. And actually, when I spoke to him in that interview, that everyone listened to earlier, that's the first one he thought of when he was thinking of his favorite goals, that, that goal against the Oilers. And this one, to recap, obviously he steals the puck at the blue line, so it starts with a great defensive play, comes into the zone, and then slams on the brakes, does that quick spin orama and just lifts that nasty backhander right into the top of the net, and just another marvelous, fantastic goal. As we said, one in a million people can do that. Luckily, that one in a million people plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins, <laughs> and he scored that goal. And here, have a listen to that goal right now. Probably the one that sticks out most to him as I asked him. Mark Fain in the Oilers zone to Oscar Kutbaum and the young defenseman 
Skates from behind his own net. Comes with full speed up through center. And his pocket pick by Malkin. Malkin one-on-one against Fane. A wraparound turnaround move, and he scores! What a brilliant, unbelievable play by Evgeny Malkin. You would have to be here to believe it. The pickpocket lives, and he gets a goal on a spinorama move to beat Nielsen. The Penguins make it 2-1. to one. Speechless, almost speechless on that move by Malkin. <laughs> Favorite part about that goal, and it was definitely one of the nicest ones I've ever seen in my life from anybody, anywhere. Uh, but the favorite part that I have is the ping in that one. It just it yes. almost adds effect just to how pretty of a goal it was to go bar down, but hear the ping for that added emphasis of just how nice of a goal. Yeah, you it was. hear the ping, and then there's just a second of yeah. silence, and then you hear the crowd just erupt. And everyone's kind of like, "Did he just do what I think he just <laughs> did?" Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like a Pavlov's dog thing. <laughs> yes. You hear that, and you automatically think this is a goal. Right. And just to hear the crowd, just the uproar. Just the, yeah, an unbelievable moment. And then a couple years later, obviously, the Penguins rally after a tough start to the 2015-16 season, end up winning another Stanley Cup. This is the second Stanley Cup in Evgeny Malkin's career. And what stands out about that season, not only did they win the Cup again, not only was he the leading scorer in the uh, playoffs, so he also had the birth of his first child, Nikita, during the Stanley Cup final against San Jose. I remember he had it in between games one and two, was late at the hospital, then missed the morning skate for game two, and then came, you know, just tired, dog tired from being up with, you know, obviously with his wife and, and uh, family, and then goes out in game two, and it has a, another tr- tremendous game as the Penguins end up eventually beating the San Jose Sharks to win that series, and uh, he recapped kind of the feelings and emotions, not only from that series the whole season, but being able to win the Stanley Cup for a second. Uh, it's always tough season, you know. It's 82 games, it's long, long battle. It's, uh, we have slow start, but after when Mike coming, you know, we change a couple guys and we start playing different game. We, we, we play faster, we play, we use legs, you know, we, we play so much better, you know, and uh, we have more confidence in every game because we beat anything in the league and we I, I know guys, we're a great team. Evgeny, you got, you're, you're getting married, you got a baby boy, you got a Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pretty big year for you. It's a great year and tough year, you know. I, I've lost lots of energy, lots of emotion, but it's uh, I'm glad it's uh, season over and uh, over like this. Newborn, my son, you know, I'm married, you know, Stanley Cup. It's a great summer. How about the way this team came together? Huh? How about the way this team came together here, especially oh. towards the end? We're so tight, you know, I like this group, you know, it's young guys, you know, veterans guys, we're so together, you know, it's any practice, any any dinner, you know, we stay together, it's an unbelievable time, it's this year, I hope we save many guys next year too. So the Penguins obviously win the Stanley Cup 2016, Evgeny Malkin plays another huge role the following season when the Penguins go back-to-back in 2017 to win Stanley Cups, the first team in the National Hockey League really to do it in basically two decades, 19 years since the Detroit Red Wings did it back in 97-98. And you know what? We talked a lot about some of the amazing goals that Evgeny Malkin has scored throughout his career, but he's still doing it to this day. I mean, it was in mid-February against the Rangers where we talked about that spin-o-rama goal and, you know, whether it was the Geno against Carolina, doing it against Edmonton. I think I spoke to you, Josh, about this off the air. Uh, he's probably got to be the best goal scorer in the league when it comes to that spin-o-rama goal going backhand top shelf. I don't think I've seen anyone else even try it, 
let alone score and be so effective with it. But, yeah, he did it a nice one again against the Rangers. The fact that it's even called the Geno tells you all you <laughs> need to know. I mean, the fact that no one else in the league is trying to pull off moves like that. But the thing that's most impressive to me is when he does those spinorama moves, how much power he gets behind the puck. And I think it's hard enough, I'm sure you can speak to as a goalie, to track with a guy spinning and letting go of the puck. That's hard enough to kind of anticipate when it's going to come off the blade and what direction it's going to go. But when it comes with that velocity – uh, there's just a whole different element to it that probably makes it near impossible to stop, yeah, well, unless you just hits you. I was going to say, backhanders are just difficult to track anyway, regardless. Right. So if it's coming on the backhand, it's hard. And, yeah, you're right. Coming at that speed when you're not expecting it, not anticipating it, or not ready for it, I mean, you're, you're just hoping he misses the net at yeah, that right. point because there's nothing really you can do. Or you're hoping, as you said, it just kind of hits your body because you're, you're not going to react. And that's exactly what happened against the Rangers. Back on the penguin. Kessel, the left side to Ashton Reese. Comes down, drop it to Malkin. Turning backhand shot, he shoots and scores. Evgeny Malkin with a spinorama move. Goes to the backhand. And goaltender Georgiev doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. You choose. Four years talking about the real world or four years immersed in it. After a hands-on, career-focused education, Point Park graduates enter the workforce prepared to succeed. Professionally designed. That's the point. Point Park University, downtown Pittsburgh, pointpark.edu. I still to this day, you know, we talked a lot about Evgeny Malgan's career, but the most fascinating thing to me is still his escape from Russia. I still find that so interesting, the way it all kind of folded down. And for those of you that don't know the full story, I'll get a little bit into it because I think it is an incredible story in and of its right. But so Evgeny Malkin's playing for Magnitogorsk, his hometown, obviously. Uh, hometown hero and they put a lot of money into their hockey program and development program and develop Evgeny since he was you know a young tyke six years old I think he was when they first started the program so he grew up in that city and in that area and playing for his teams and wanted to obviously I remember speaking with him and talking to him about his dream and his initial dream was to play for Magnitogorsk so you know he's a young kid from a small town he sees the big pro team and, and he wants to be part of that team he wants to play for Metallurg so that was where his dream was. And I think as he got older and his, his view of the world started to expand a little bit as he's playing in these world championships and you know, world junior championships, world under 18s, he starts seeing the NHL and starts realizing all the great talent that's over there and realizes that that is the premier league in the world. So his dream kind of shifts, especially because he made his pro debut at 17 years old. So very young, already be a pro in, uh, in, the, in the KHL. So for him, then he started looking elsewhere. He's like, all right, I've kind of made the jump to the KHL, played for Magnitogorsk. Now I kind of want to make the move to the NHL. So the Penguins draft him in 2004. After that, he goes back to Russia, plays for Magnitogorsk for one season, plays a second season. And before he plays that second season, he has what he, what he said was a handshake kind of agreement with the officials there that he would play one more season. And in the summer of 2006, they would let him go and he would come to America to play for the National Hockey League. Well, I think the team had other ideas, as it turns out, because as that moment approached, they uh, decided to kind of get together and try to get him to sign a new contract. And what a lot of people forget at the time is that there was no deal between the Russian Federation and the National Hockey League on a transfer agreement. So back in the day when you pulled a guy from their European team, you would just give them compensation. you pay them lumps on the money. And every other team had signed on except for the Russians, so there was no agreement. So it was kind of like the wild, wild west. You know, players were defecting and leaving, and some of them were, were getting compensation, some weren't. It was just kind of all over the map. So uh, there was a weird Russian labor law, though. If you gave two weeks' notice, you could just leave. So <laughs> Evgeny Malkin gave his two weeks' notice and said he was leaving, 
and going to come to uh, come to America in 2006, come play for the Penguins. And what the, the Russian team did is they actually took his passport. So they didn't necessarily say you can't go, but they had his passport and wouldn't give it back to him. So obviously he can't go. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they had his, his passport was captive in the situation. So then one day they uh, went, had a lakeside meeting with the team owner and team officials, and they expressed why they believe that he should stay one more season for Magnitogorsk, and then he could go to the National Hockey League. And he kept saying that's not what he wants to do. He's ready to move on. He's ready to take, the, take this big step to the National Hockey League. So the meeting ends around 11 o'clock or so. Well, the team officials followed his family home to his own house and from there continued to kind of push. And I want to stress there's no, like, physical, you know, they were never in danger, if you will. But the officials basically refused to leave, were pushing hard and hard. You know, they were tapping into his heartstrings, you know, love of your country, love of your family, the the team that has invested so much money in developing you. You know, you owe it to us. And, you know, don't you want to give us one more year? And so they were trying to push every button they could to kind of pressure him. And then finally at 2.30 in the morning, uh, a defeated and broken Malkin was finally like, you know what, fine, I'll, I'll sign. So under a little bit of duress and coercion, signs a one-year deal with Magnitogorsk, was not happy about it. As the officials were leaving, he told them, you've killed my dream. Then he went to bed, a 20-year-old, and actually cried himself to sleep that night. So it was a, it was a hard moment for him in his life, but he still was committed to getting to the United States. So we actually reached out to his agency at the time, and they kind of crafted a plan to escape, if you will. So as it happened, a week later, there was a tournament in uh, Helsinki, Finland, that Magnitogorsk was playing in. So they, they concocted this little scheme. So they had to give Malkin his passport back because he was crossing, obviously, into a new country. So they had to give it back to him so he could clear customs in Finland. So they, uh, the plane lands. They give him his passport. He gets off the plane, goes through customs, walks over, grabs his gear, and just disappears into the night. And I remember at the moment, like, it, all the newspapers were all over this. You know, blogs were gossiping, like, where is Evgeny Malkin? Where in the world is Evgeny Malkin? Because he literally just disappeared. And what people don't realize is he didn't even tell his parents. He didn't tell his parents. He didn't tell his family. He didn't tell his friends. Literally no one knew other than he and his two agents who met him and kind of took him into hiding. Only those p- three people really knew, and, and maybe some of the obviously back in the uh, agency here in America, knew exactly what was going on and where he was. So what they did is they went into a, a hotel under a false name, and they just hid there and waited, and they went to the U.S. consulate in uh, Helsinki and tried to get hit a visa so they could come to the United States. They had to get it expedited so he could get it as quickly as possible. And meanwhile, the Russian team is like a block away from this apartment or this uh, hotel that he's staying at, and so he, he's kind of walking around, like trying to shield and wearing the sunglasses. Think of like all those fun films, <laughs> the Tom Clancy novels. <laughs> you got the hat on with the glasses and trying to not be noticed, and walking with a group of guys so that maybe he would get lost in the in the mix but it it took uh five days but after five days they did secure the visa and as soon as they did the day they got the visa they boarded a flight flew out of helsinki straight into los angeles was able to get into america and then once he got to america they again refiled that two-week notice with magnitogorsk and of course magnitogorsk was very unhappy about this situation (laughs) and there was a lot of bad blood at the moment obviously everything has cooled over since then but you know, a lot of people don't realize this was his dream, and he was willing to sacrifice a lot because at that point when he was leaving, he didn't know if he could ever go back. And, and you talk about leaving your home, leaving your family. You know, he didn't know what was going to happen, and he, he risked it all. He risked a lot, and I think Michelle touched on when he got that injury in training camp. You know, he said he thought he made the a wrong mistake. He thought he made the bad decision, 
to do that because he's probably thinking like, oh, I just risked it all and now it's not going to work out. And so I can only imagine the emotions and the things he was going through at that time. But then it's just amazing to think that once, you know, he, he goes through all of that, then he goes through the injury. I mean, all of these incredibly uh, tough moments in his life. I think one of the, the cool things is hearing him talk about stepping onto the ice for his first game when he finally makes it, finally debuts. And he said, you know, he, he looked up and all the fans are just on their feet cheering for him. He said he, he felt that they were all waiting for him to get into town. He said, you know, because there were so many stories saying <laughs> that, you know, Gino is here. He, he's, he's back. He's going to play. And, and he said, you know, my dream came true. People, you know, loved me and, and waited for me and supported me. And the, the fact that everybody, all the fans were standing on their feet, you know, cheering him just made it all worth it for him. So, you know, to everyone that was in the building that night, you know, kudos to you for, <laughs> for making this this poor kid who had gone through so much feel so welcome. I think it's it's such a cool kind of cap to his whole journey over here. And a lot of people forget, too, he came here, he didn't speak English. So he wasn't well-versed. And so he's living on his own in Los Angeles when he first arrives. And he's reading signs in a language he doesn't understand. He's seeing symbols of a, a tongue that he doesn't know. He can't even have a conversation for help. He can't right. ask somebody basic English questions. And a lot of things like getting money out of an ATM, he didn't know how to do it. Or just walking to the rink to practice, he didn't know how to ask for directions. And if they gave him directions, he didn't know how to follow them. And, you know, you, you forget all these little things that it, it was just all white noise to him. So just this kid in a whole new world, a whole new environment, it's so overwhelming by everything. And I, I really think that, and we talked about the tough time, as you just said, with the shoulder injury. I really think if it weren't for Sergei Gonchar, and him taking him under his wing, taking him into his house, and, and almost being a father-like figure for him over here, I, I don't know how his career goes. I don't know that he has – I don't know that – I honestly don't know that he becomes the scoring champion that he becomes, the MVP that he becomes. I think it, it was – because I'm sure if he had his doubts, he might have just turned around and head back home. But because of Sergey Gonchar and his tutelage, he was able to stick it out, and thank God for that, obviously. Well, Sam, you were in the audience at the NHL Awards when Gino dedicated – his MVP. Yeah, he gosh. said as much, yeah. Yeah, that was an incredible moment when he won the, the MVP award. He dedicated it to Sergei Gonchar for everything that he did for him. And, and like I said, I, d I do think it would have been a lot different had Gonchar not been there. And, and, and obviously, it worked both ways, too, because Gonchar, or sorry, that Malkin babysat his kids and became close <laughs> with the family. And, and, and we all know Evgeny Malkin's a big kid anyway. So <laughs> he, I, think he, I think he enjoyed more hanging out with Sergei Gonchar's kids than hanging out with adults in certain, a lot of situations. But yeah, it was, I think it was Gonchar was huge for his development, just for even transitioning to life in the National Hockey League and life in another foreign country. And so, obviously, a huge part of his life, and that's why he dedicated that MVP award to him. And on the ice, too. I mean, we think about who was better at setting up Evgeny Malkin for those one-timers on the power play than <laughs> Sergei Gonchar. So that, that chemistry was, was right there all across the board for the two of them. And you're right, I, it's a good point. You wonder if Sergei Gonchar wasn't in the picture. Obviously, there's a lot of moving pieces, as you just detailed there with the story of that incredible story, actually, of how he got to Pittsburgh. Um, but when you think about it, there are so many pieces, and Gonchar was a huge one as far as once he got here, getting acclimated and understanding the NHL game and being an NHL player and living in Pittsburgh. That, that That's a pretty underrated aspect to everything as far as his legacy here as a Penguin and as an NHL player. And to cap off that story, too, when he as the season went on, again, like he was <coughs> God damn it. Started it over 3-2. And to cap off that story real quickly, obviously, as the season went on, he was uh, in communication with his friends, in communication with his family. Again, as I said, when he left, he wasn't sure if he'd be able to go back, but 
as time went over, things kind of cooled. And actually, the general manager that stole his passport and wouldn't give it back to him, when he came back to Magnitogorsk the following off season, that general manager actually met him on the at the airport and gave him a big hug, and, and everything was just forgiven. And they, both sides had moved on. And now, as, as Malkin told me, he's friends with the owners now. He's friends with all the people in the organization. <laughs> During the NHL work stoppage, he played for Magnitogorsk again. And so, obviously, the, the love is kind of uh, – Back in back in the fold there between both sides, but we did talk about him as as a personality, and I think that's what people love most about Evgeny. We talked when he came, and you know he didn't speak the English. He was doing these funny car commercials, and where he wasn't saying anything, and you know, with with his teammates, and he would do these interviews where his English wasn't the best, but it was he was so endearing to the fans. The you know even his I, I know it was a struggle for him, and he was uncomfortable and didn't like it, but fans just love that because here's a kid who's trying. You know he, he's trying his best. And you can't expect him to just pick up a language. You know, how many Americans speak two languages, let alone, <laughs> you know, this guy who's do, exactly. trying to do it at 20 years old, you know, and, and thrown into the fire. So I think Penguins fans really gravitated to kind of his personality. And, and he is such a funny guy off the ice, too. And, you know, there's a lot of great memories and moments that have come down the pike with him. And, and I think one of the funniest ones that I've had with him was when Marc-Andre Fleury was approaching 300th victories. And I remember interviewing him thinking, like, oh, he's going to give the usual, like, I'm so happy for him. He did a great job. He earned it. The usual that you do, you, you pick up your teammates in these situations. But Evgeny Malkin's answer was basically like, I don't understand how he, he won 300 games. I score on him every time in practice. <laughs> I score on him every time in the shootout. Guy can't stop a puck. I don't understand how he can win this many games. And it was just absolutely hilarious. So, per- so, so in tune with his personality. It's just funny, too. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you talk to anybody who's played with him or worked with him, spent time with him in any capacity, and, and the the one thing that they say about Gino is that he's just so funny, so laid back, loves to have fun, loves to joke around, you know, that you can't take him too serious. And I think, you know, that's what stood out to me about him over the years is that he just uh, loves to have fun. I mean, it's just – it's he is so endearing in that regard he, he's just you know he, he's competitive on the ice but off the ice he, he's got such a, a hilarious personality I think the language barrier also to an extent helps his image with some of his teammates because you see so many clips of him getting angry during games and yelling <laughs> and I've seen the, the guys down the bench and, and I would probably be one of them too that's that's smirking or like looks down and starts laughing because it's, it's, it is kind of funny it's, it's emotion that obviously translates to good things a lot of the times for the Penguins and a lot of times results in goals or something of that nature but it is funny to, <laughs> to watch how these guys react to him because sometimes no one has any idea what he's even saying uh, in, the, in the heat of the moment on the yeah, bench yeah. I know his English has gotten a lot better but sometimes it's just funny to watch it all transpire and then obviously uh, see him perform even better as a result. Well, well, I love when he calls for the puck and he just says, pass me, pass me, pass yeah. me. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, and we all sit in the back of the plane, which is close to the card game. And yes. I mean, it's just uh, a rowdy. constant. Yeah, I mean, he is screaming <laughs> at the other guys taking part in the game, which is Phil Kessel and Chris Letang and uh, it's Nick Bukestad. Now it's Nick, Nick Bukestad, yeah. So, I mean, it's just uh, hilarious how rowdy he gets and how mad he gets. But it's just so it, it's so funny. You can't help but laugh because he's so animated and, and just so excited. 
I remember talking to Derek Broussard when he got traded here because he used to be a member of the, the card game too, and I asked him about that. I said, what's it like with Malkin? I mean, he's so different <laughs> as far as how intense he gets. He goes, yeah, first time I sat down, it was the second hand we played, and he got in my face that I messed something <laughs> up. So there was no, and, and they hadn't even played a game with each other yet. He was on his first road trip. So uh, I don't think he wastes any time as far as uh, working these guys. And that's good. That's what you'd want from a guy that wears a letter and has the leadership that he has but also can have that lighter side to himself too. Yeah, and we talked about his the language. Barry, I remember one of the funniest things was his first roommate was Max Talbot, and when they were on the road, I remember Max told me he would just sit there and watch movies, and that's how he learned English. He would watch American movies in English and pick up the language that way, and his favorite movie was Transformers, <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> so I can just sit him, you know, sitting in a hotel room, watching Transformers on repeat, and just picking up the words from that, and just think about that. That's how, that's how the guy learned to speak English, was watching movies. So I guess that's, that's about time. We'll wrap it up here, but Evgeny Malkin, 1,000 career points, three Stanley Cups, two scoring titles, MVPs. I mean, the guy's done it all. It's been a remarkable career and just another feather in his cap with this 1,000 points. So big kudos to him. Big congratulations to Evgeny. You mentioned it earlier, Sam, just how proud of a Russian he is with his heritage. Just worth mentioning, he's the fifth Russian ever. I mean, the, the company he joins with 1,000 points in the NHL, Alex Ovechkin, Sergei Fedorov, Alex Mogilny, and Alexei Kovalev. Oh, hey. So uh, there's uh, Gino's company as far as Russian-born guys to hit 1,000 points. So pretty exclusive when you think about all the great Russian-born players that have played in the NHL. Uh, he's at the top of the class right now with what he's been able to accomplish and obviously many more points in his future to come. I actually had the chance to talk to his fellow Russian, Alex Ovechkin, just about the career that Gino's had since they were drafted in 2004. And he said, you know, it, it's been amazing. He said, you know, top player in the league. He's won almost every individual and team award, three-time Stanley Cup champion. He said it's a pretty good career, and with his talent, I think he can do more than 1,000. So I think we all agree with Alex that uh, there's plenty more points to come for Gino. Next up's 400 goals. There it's you coming. Go. Awesome. And, and no doubt he will get there. And maybe we'll do a podcast on him then. <laughs> but I think it's time to wrap up this one. So... For Michelle Crecciolo, Josh Getzoff, I am Sam Kassan, and you're listening to The Scoop Podcast. We'll catch you next time. The true value of a college education is realized after you graduate. Point Park is an affordable private university that's big on return for your investment. When you're prepared, success comes naturally. Surprisingly affordable, that's the point. Point Park University, downtown Pittsburgh.